Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt, and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm gonna tell you again, and I'm honestly not gonna stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowen brand sheets get softer with every wash, which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company. First of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have a waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl and Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. I am. Monday morning. How are you feeling? I'm very into a Monday morning recording recently. I know because I'm telling you what's been happening is that all this stuff is coming out on Sunday nights. So if we didn't give ourselves that extra 10, 12 hours, we would really be losing out, I feel. I The amount of stuff coming in from Sunday nights, especially recently, has been crazy. I know. It's bizarre. I mean... Let me be honest with you guys. This is a little bit kind of of a mashup of topics. It's like a beautiful random disaster in a lot of ways, which I'm actually thrilled about because we have some updates from last week, like Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde, Kim, Kanye, that type of thing, but brand new stuff like the Olivia Rodrigo situation and a couple of other things. And then at the end, earlier today, we spoke with Stephen Coletti, James Lafferty, and Alexandra Park about their new show, Everyone is Doing Great. So that was really fun. I mean, to be honest with you, Stephen Coletti growing up when I was a teenager, I thought he was the end all be all. And I know same for you with James Lafferty. So yep. it was a little bit of a, a teenage dream come true. Yeah, very much so. It's weird. It's like when these things happen, it's kind of like that moment of earlier on in quarantine when we were interviewing Nick and Vanessa Lachey and it was over the phone and I was doing it in my in like childhood bedroom. And it's just like, what is going on right now? No, that was the weirdest thing because- it was the first time I think that either of us had really done something like that at our house. And I remember yelling at my mom being like, you have to stop speaking so loudly. I'm on the phone with Nicole Shea. And she's like, what are you talking about? I know. it was. That was really when the lack of studio hit us hard. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Anyway, so there's that. Also, as you guys know, every week we're highlighting a Black-owned business. And this week it's called Blue Mint Studios, BLU. And basically, this is handcrafted home furnishings. They have really kind of unique items, accent home items, candles, and home goods, etc. I actually found it because I was looking for a clock for my apartment and they had this marble square clock. It's definitely more pricey than some other businesses that we've highlighted, but I just like this stuff. I thought it was cool. It's definitely not everyone's taste and that's totally fine, but I just think they have interesting accent pieces. So the website is bloominstudios.com and as always, we will put it in the description. Okay, Julie, you ready? I'm so ready. So we are starting out with the Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde update. And let me just start by saying, last week when we were talking about this, 
it happened literally while we were recording the first part of the episode. So when we did our reporting on it, it was an hour after those photos broke. So it was really just the initial things that were circulating. And now it's been about a week, the dust has settled. And I would say the tone is definitely changing a bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So let's kind of go over that because last week, as you guys know, paparazzi photos of Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde at Jeff Azoff's wedding came out and that's what sparked all of this. And when we were talking about it, we made it really clear to talk about how, you know, when Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde split in November, all of the reports said that they had really split earlier in the year, in the beginning of COVID, and it was just made aware to the public now. But now reports are saying that's really not the case, that that timeline was put out by Olivia's team to make this a little bit more palatable, but actually they really did split as recently as November. Let me read you what a source told people, and then we'll get into it more. But a source told people, quote, Jason feels that the timeline that Olivia and Harry would like people to believe that she and Jason split ages ago, long before she became involved with Harry, is simply not accurate. She began filming Don't Worry Darling in September, and by October, he began to get the impression that she wanted out. By November, they'd announced their split, but that's how quickly it happened, and none of it happened until she began filming with Harry. I also just want to make something really clear. All of the reports, even the ones that say that, say that in terms of what Harry knew, she was single at the time, and she could have been you know, single at the time. There's not necessarily speculation of cheating, but it's more so they have not been split for as many months as they had wanted the public to believe. Right. Because when we reported on it last week, I was saying, I was like, it's so important to keep the timeline in mind here for the sake of everybody involved. And with the reports coming out this week, we were completely off. Everyone was completely off with that, which I think is such an interesting part of the story. I also think that it's important to note still that even in all of the reports that are saying, you know, the timeline was November, not actually earlier in the beginning of the year. All of those reports coming out are also saying, you know, Olivia and Jason were having issues, but from Jason's perspective, he thought that they were working it out. So that it's not like everything was 100% happy in paradise. Harry Styles came along through everything out the window. There were definitely already things brewing there. Harry may have just been a catalyst for it. Right. Which is another thing that I want to mention. In addition to that, another theory that's been circulating is that, you know, this is just PR for their movie and et cetera, et cetera. A lot of the photographs of them recently have been backgrid photos by certain photographers that are known for taking celebrity photos. I don't know if there's truth to that. Personally, if my stance on it now, I guess, you know, it can always change, but I don't think that it's for PR. I also don't think that they're end game. I think they're just having fun and maybe getting along really well. But I do believe based on some things that we've heard and based on what I've been reading that that earlier timeline about Jason and Olivia wasn't in fact the truth. I think that there's a lot more accuracy to the fact that it really was in November. And like you said, I don't think it's like Olivia Wilde leaves Jason Sudeikis for Harry Styles. I think sometimes just in real life too, feeling a certain way towards another person can maybe make you realize that there is something else out there or that maybe issues you were having become a little bit more amplified in your current relationship, you know? Right. Absolutely. I think in terms of the whole PR thing, I think a lot of the times we all are guilty of forgetting the fact that a relationship can be a hundred percent real and still used for PR. Those two things can absolutely coexist. Oh, totally. Totally. And I'm sure a lot of people listening feel that it's 100% a PR stunt, and that's totally fine if that's your opinion. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I just don't believe that. I think there's maybe a benefit to both. Of course, it's her movie. She's not just in it. She's also directing it, you know? So of course there's benefit there. Not that people wouldn't be drawn to see it anyway, but of course there's that added draw. 
I just think it's an interesting thing, like celebrity aside. I think when you have this type of relationship, she was with somebody, they weren't married. They were in a long-term committed relationship. They have two children. This guy comes along, younger guy, which isn't really significant, but it's worth mentioning since it's being discussed, comes along and you know, maybe she has some sort of an interest there in his eyes, her and her partner were already split up. Like, I don't know. There's just an element of it that I think is human psychology to find interesting. Yeah, definitely. Also the Harry element of it is incredibly, incredibly interesting. And not that an Olivia Wilde, Jason Sudeikis split and a third party involvement wouldn't have been interesting regardless, but this is not typically something that you see Harry Styles in the middle of. And that is no fault to him. I'm not making him out to be the bad guy or the bad person in this situation or homewrecker in this situation. But it is unusual relatively for Harry Styles to be in the middle of something like this. Yes. I actually think, to be honest with you, I don't really feel like anybody is being villainized in the way this is being talked about. Maybe recently the media has had a little bit of a negative taste towards Olivia and saying that she blindsided Jason or, you know, kind of making him out to people to gain sympathy for him is kind of the vibe that I'm getting. But just in general, I don't think it's ever like this person is entirely in the wrong. Right. Of course. I don't know. It's interesting. I Like I said earlier, do I think that this is an end game couple? No. Do I love watching them interact? Yeah. I'm, I think I would just be this interested no matter who Harry is with. There's just something about him that I find really interesting from a romantic perspective. Like, Of course, sexually, I think we can all be curious what he's like in bed. But more than that, I'm saying when I actually see him holding hands with someone, interacting romantically, that is what I find really interesting. So especially with Olivia Wilde, who's a little bit different than other women he's been with, um, I'm going to be intrigued regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's interesting. I Definitely more will unfold. You know, they have the benefit of they're both kind of private people. I don't even think Jason's on social media. I do think there's going to be way more to this story. Yeah, this is not the last we're going to hear of this. And I do think that eventually at least one party is going to have to make an official statement. I think so too. They've had the luxury of not having to yet. Also, because not that this is how I think it should be, but because they technically weren't married, I think it's almost being treated a little bit differently. If that's, I don't know if that makes any sense. Obviously in my eyes, whether or not you're officially married matters is 0% in terms of the legitimacy of the relationship clearly. But I'm saying because there's no like quote divorce happening here, it's being treated a little bit differently from some other things that we've seen, I feel. Yeah, I think that does typically happen, which is so interesting because they've been together for so long that you would assume that it would just be treated the same. But I guess there are people who view uh, a breakup different than a divorce, just in terms of logistics and, you know, loyalty to their partner or whatever. So it is interesting to see it not being taken in that exact way. Yeah, it is. I mean, you you wonder, you know, it's it's such a personal decision. Like deciding whether or not to get married is so, so, so personal. And so you do wonder, you know, was that something they both wanted? Was that something one of them just wanted? Was it something they just never got around to doing because they didn't really care enough? You know, it's it's really so personal. You can't even try to speculate. Right. Exactly. Anyway, we will keep you guys obviously updated on what unfolds with that because I think we're both really just interested. Oh my God. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. Okay. So one other thing that we wanted to just quickly touch on since last week, and then we'll get into news stories. But on Thursday, we released that Kim and Kanye super episode where we talked about all of the rumors. We talked about apparently what's happening with the divorce. And then we kind of did a timeline of their whole relationship. And one of the things that we quickly mentioned was like, 
there's this Jeffree Star rumor circulating. We're not even going to speculate on it because by doing that, you're basically speculating on Kanye's sexuality, which is something he's never spoken about. So we're definitely not going to. But Jeffrey had made a caption that said like, I'm ready for Sunday service. So we mentioned that. And then since we recorded that, Jeffrey, of course, like we said, never wants to run away from the relevancy. And so he came out with his own video and he releases a 20 minute video entitled Addressing the Kanye Situation. The first two minutes are basically saying, there's no truth to this. I don't even know how it started. You guys will believe anything. And the other 18 minutes are just his regular vlog. So the most classic Jeffree Star example of clickbait I have quite literally ever seen. It could not be more classic. Could not. Yeah. Also, we would typically mention this in the Kardashian recap, but the story is one that most people really do care about. So I just want to say... It has, it's been noticed that Kim deleted all of the photos that she posted after Christmas. And in one of the photos that she had deleted, it was a mirror selfie of her. And in it, you could see she wasn't wearing her wedding ring. This was not an observation that we made personally, but it was reported on and BuzzFeed made this point. I'm just going to read it. Quote, this was particularly significant because after Kim's infamous 2016 Paris robbery, where her upgraded engagement ring was stolen, she stopped wearing any flashy jewelry and refused to replace the ring. Her wedding ring has, therefore, become the most visible symbol of her marriage to Kanye, and it's remained on her finger ever since. People immediately began speculating that its removal was a sign the reports were true and the marriage was indeed over. So again, she deleted all photos, including that one that were uploaded after Christmas. I don't know, you know exactly what that means. A lot of people think that she's getting prepared to post something. I don't know, but it is a little weird because Kim doesn't normally do that. She's so not that kind of person. I remember we wrote in the group yesterday and we were talking about it and Isabel was like, oh, something big's coming. And I was like, Kim always has something big coming. Maybe not as big as a divorce, but she always has something that she's working on or breaking or she's trying to promote. Like never once has she done some sort of promotion where she deletes previous Instagram pictures or never once has she made an announcement Kanye-wise or family-wise where she's deleted previous photos and able in order to do that. It just seems really off-brand, not even weird behavior, just confusing. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't like to make a big deal out of things like this Instagram behavior. I feel like that's always blown out of proportion by the Daily Mail, but it's just it's weird for Kim. It's not something she typically does. So, I am kind of curious about that. And also, I just want to mention this Jeffrey Star thing kind of came out of the blue and a way, I'm not going to say it directly started because I feel like there have been always just rumors circulating, but the way that it really kind of took over was by this TikToker, Ava Louise. She was the one that was really speaking about it a lot. She made a lot of false claims that she later said were false and she was just bored. This is the same woman who did that TikTok of her licking the toilet bowl. So, you know, take that as you want it. But it's kind of just, I don't know. I know that these people, specifically a Jeffree Star and a Kanye are two people that are so prominently discussed. They're definitely not the most well-liked, but they're still people. Like, I just couldn't imagine sitting in my room and being like, you know what? I'm bored. Let's make up some shit that could potentially damage a family. Like, isn't that a good activity? But that's the whole discussion. You're starting to realize that anybody can post anything. And as long as there's one small fragment of believability, it can spread like wildfire. Really dangerous not only dangerous, it's really terrifying, specifically the way that it happens on TikTok. I know if you're listening to this and you're on TikTok, you know what we mean because things can happen so quickly, especially because on TikTok, it is viewed by so many more people than it would be on any other platform because the For You page, you don't have to be following this person. So if something's going viral, you're going to see it because it's going to be 
something that you see while scrolling. And so it's, it, it's very, very scary. And just another reason of why I would imagine being a celebrity at this time in technology is, is so intimidating. Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, when you think about it, anybody can say anything. And it's really hard as a celebrity, I think, to defend yourself against claims that people are going to believe as soon as they're put out because they believe them for their own entertainment. Right, right. And by the way, it's not even, that's not even to say that there's not truth in some of these things. I'm sure some of the things that happen, there's an element of truth there, absolutely, but it can really just be blown out of proportion. And also people see that this happens, like people can see that, oh, somebody else started a rumor. It got this insane amount of internet clout. Everybody was talking about it. I want to test this theory and see if I can do that about somebody else. Like that's when things start to get really dangerous is when people use it as a game just to see if they can do it. That to me is where I feel like there is such a serious lack of morality because could you imagine sitting there and just really out of fun or out of boredom or out of curiosity, seeing how far you could take a lie. It's one thing if it's about you, but when it's about like really intimate details of somebody else's family, I don't know. I know it's the internet, but there's something about that that just is really disturbing to me. Yeah, it it is. It 100% is, but people don't see themselves as... People find a lot of comfort in hiding behind a screen and they don't view celebrities as people. They view celebrities as their entertainment, whether the entertainment is coming in the form that they want you to absorb, aka movies, TV shows, music, whatever. Um, But when you're somebody like that, their existence is your entertainment, whether they want you to be entertained by that or not. So when you dehumanize them enough that they're not a real person that could be hurt by your story, you feel that you can get away with doing anything to them. Yeah, it's very true and it's very scary. And we've definitely seen it a lot more recently, I think, than I would say I've seen it more with the rise of TikTok than I ever have in my life. And I am someone who's followed pop culture so closely since I was 10 years old. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot on Twitter too, but TikTok, I think, has taken on a life of its own in this sense. I agree. Also, this is like a really weird point, but I think also because of the capabilities of the medium in terms of being able to do a green screen video where there's a talking video with whatever article or whatever quote proof behind the person. Whereas Twitter, people a lot of times are lazy. They don't want to go through, they don't want to read threads. This is like in 60 seconds, you're going to get everything and you're also going to be visually stimulated, which I think appeals a lot specifically to the younger generation. Oh yeah, definitely. I came to the realization recently that I was just like desperately in need of a closet clean out because you know when you're getting ready and you just can't find anything, you have so many things that you don't even wear that you can't find the stuff that you do wear and it's just like a chaotic and unenjoyable process. That was me. I'm still, to be honest with you, in the process of cleaning out. But one of the biggest game changers for me in this process has been finding just like high quality essentials that I can mix and match with anything so that I can have less things, but the things that I have, I can wear with a lot. And I've told you guys about them before, but I think that Quince is one of the best at this in terms of just finding the high quality, affordable pieces. And they have a lot of really great sweaters. I love their Mongolian cashmere oversized boyfriend cardigans. I just find them to be so comfortable. I have them in a bunch of colors. They also have washable silk tops, which are amazing, like really easy, comfortable, high quality throw-ons that you can wear for so many different occasions. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So 
The way that it works is by partnering directly with top factories. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes that savings on to us, which is kind of like best case scenario for all involved. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Okay, so this next story may be considered a little bit more niche, but it really did make its way to mainstream. It was something that was initially kind of circulating on TikTok, and now it's something kind of everyone is talking about. We got a lot of messages. If you really don't care, feel free to fast forward. But Julie, I feel like on a passion scale, this particular story is one that you're a little bit more passionate about. So I would love you to explain it if you'd like to. I would absolutely love to. Um <laughs> So what we are talking about is the whole High School Musical, the musical, the series drama with Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett. So they star together in High School Musical, the musical, the series, which was a Disney Plus show that came out over the last year. So timeline-wise, when they were filming the show, Olivia had a boyfriend. There was a lot of chemistry between Joshua and Olivia on the show. They play opposite each other. A lot of people started to speculate about their relationship. Olivia and Ethan, who was her boyfriend at the time, ended up splitting in May 2020. After that, Olivia and Joshua were seen together more. They were hanging out more and fans started to speculate about their relationship. Nothing was ever confirmed. Okay. Sometime in between then, you know, the breakup with Ethan and over the summer, Olivia and Joshua, if they were together, they must have split because Joshua was then linked to Sabrina Carpenter. They dressed up together for Halloween. They went to Sharkboy and Lava Girl, did a couple's costume, the whole thing. So this drama that is recent is a result of Olivia releasing a song called Driver's License. And what fans have figured out from the song is that it kind of depicts the relationship between her and Joshua and the love triangle between them and Sabrina Carpenter. So there's a lot of little Easter eggs in that that people were kind of picking apart. So one of the first ones was that one of the lyrics in the song is Olivia saying, like, I guess you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me. And that refers to the fact that when she was dating Ethan, Joshua had written a song that he said it was called Anyone Else. And he had said in the song, um, in an interview about the song, that he was, he wrote it because he realized he was hopelessly falling in love with a close friend who was in a relationship with somebody else. So of course that was about Olivia. In the music video for that song though, which was released in July, 2020, he is holding hands with somebody in the car that people now believe is Sabrina Carpenter based on the nails, based on the hand, based on, you can see a little bit of blonde hair, whatever. So the significance of the song Driver's License is also that Joshua taught Olivia how to drive. There was a story that she was saying about when they were filming, she was 16 at the time, she didn't have her license, and he took her around a parking lot and really taught her how to drive. So hence the name of the song. Um, There are other little Easter eggs in it where she says something about, uh, you're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt. She's so much older than me. She's everything I'm insecure about. Uh, The original lyric of the song, which she had shared in an Instagram video or an IG live, the original lyric was a brunette girl. She had changed it to blonde when she released this song. 
So that's kind of the root of all of the drama. People picking apart this song that she had released, which, by the way, is fucking excellent. And everyone examining the drama between the love triangle there. The best part about this whole drama is that it is so dramatic for absolutely nothing. No one did anything wrong. There was no cheating. It's just a really sad song that people were able to pick apart and figure out and then blew it out of proportion on TikTok to the point where everyone was so invested in this drama. But is there even really drama? Well, that's what I was going to say. Technically, it's not like anybody did anything that was unfaithful, maybe a little bit poorly timed, but there wasn't a direct cheating. It wasn't like a direct betrayal. Right. It's just a sad heartbreak song and you feel for her. But I think the reason the story is so addicting isn't even what actually happened. It's A, the little Easter eggs in the song that everyone loves to obviously pick apart. That's such a huge internet activity. And B, it got interesting because the internet itself was talking about it. And whenever the internet is really blowing up about something, you want to be a part of that conversation. So there were all these people being like me waking up this morning, not knowing who any of these parties were and starting high school musical, the musical, the series, because I'm now so invested in the drama. Right. I also think it's important to mention when he posted about the song, congratulating her. Right. So he made a story basically saying like driver's license out now, like so amazing, Olivia. And everyone was like, dude, it's about you. Like you're the bad guy in this song, which is just so funny to me. Yeah. There was, there was a little bit of uh, a disconnect there. And also, and to be honest with you, I was not a high school musical, the musical watch or anything. I just kind of became interested based on the fact that it was taking over the internet. But of course, as TikTok does, they kept showing this one scene from the show where his character was doing a speech to her character saying, I love you. And then of course it said, you know, that, that speech was really improv and people are doing it in black and white, kind of just making it more dramatic. So it was continuing on and continuing on. And that's kind of the core of, of what happened. I think that you could really get into High School Musical, the musical, the series. I think I would love it. No, by the way, if we're being honest about this whole situation, I love it because I was already in the know. Like I was already in the know when he was dating Sabrina Carpenter and doing couples costumes. So when this came out, I was like, why the fuck did I know about this before? Because I watched the show four fucking times for no reason. That's what I'm saying. You didn't have to relearn anything. No, I mean, there was definitely little Easter eggs in there that I didn't know. People were really obsessed with them and the show. And so when a lot of the stuff came out, they were referring to Instagram lives and interviews that they had given together. I never saw any of those things, obviously, but I did know all of like the key players involved and I didn't know um, or I thought in advance that there was some, some sort of love triangle there. I also think what is interesting about the story or great about the story is that this isn't just some like drama filled song that got released and fans of the show are on it because they like the show. The song is genuinely so, so, so good. And I also think that's why it blew up is because everyone can get on board with this song and everyone's listening to it right now and they want the backstory because this is kind of their first taste of Olivia Rodrigo. Right, exactly. The song, that's the other thing. The song didn't blow up because of the drama. The drama blew up because of the song. It's an excellent song. Right. right. I also just want to say that we posted this comment yesterday because Olivia had posted a photo of the iTunes chart and it showed the top four. It was two Taylor Swift songs, then Driver's License, then a Justin Bieber song. And she captioned it, next to Taylor on the US iTunes chart, I'm in a puddle of tears. And Taylor commented, which she rarely does, and said, I say that's my baby and I'm really proud. And we posted that because Olivia has been 
in admiration of Taylor for a very long time. A lot of people think that the way that she kind of placed those Easter eggs so effortlessly and so gracefully was kind of like taking a page out of Taylor's book since she's known for doing that so well. And so I don't know. I just can imagine for her what that must have been like. It's not the first time she's interacted with Taylor. Taylor has expressed excitement for her previously, of course, but that's really cool. Like, I think that just must be such an unbelievable moment for her. And it was just something we wanted to have on our grid because that just felt like a very exciting moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I would imagine she definitely took inspiration from Taylor. I mean, she's she does, you know, breakup type songs the best, arguably. And so it, it felt like it was really her moment. And so it felt cool that one of her idols was celebrating it with her. Yeah, absolutely. And also I think that uh, even when people are picking apart drama in a song, it's really nice for that song to be recognized outside of what people are talking about. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Let's quickly talk about this Michael B. Jordan, Lori Harvey thing. I would fucking love to. So yesterday, Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey went Instagram official. It's been speculated they have been dating for a while now, specifically a little bit before Thanksgiving, because we saw them going to Atlanta for Thanksgiving, where she's from. And then they were photographed on New Year's getting off a plane in Salt Lake City. So it's not that we didn't know that they were together, but we see those photographs. And I will say it again. I said it right when we were going over his interview from People's Sexiest Man Alive. It's not that you want him to be with someone. However, if he's going to, I can't think of a more perfect choice. Yeah, I'm so into this couple. Listen, I'm here for a confirmation Instagram post. If there is one thing I love in this world, it's that. Yeah, same. I mean, they posted them relatively at about the same time. It was clearly on purpose. Yeah, definitely a purposeful confirmation. Yeah. Okay, anything else you want to mention about that? No, but quickly before we move on to the next thing, when you see Zendaya's GQ cover, you're going to lose your shit. What do you mean? Did it just get posted? It just, he just tweeted it. And I was just staring at it as you were like talking about Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan being like, how are we talking about two of the most attractive people in the entire world? And then Zendaya is just going to pop up on my screen. Oh, yeah. That is really sick. Wow. We're going to die. No, You'll I, see it later. no, I just saw it. Amazing, right? Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Guess who runs Hollywood now? She definition of yes. Yeah, wow, that is sick. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Okay, let me just start by saying I recognize this isn't breaking news, but I've never met a Kristen Cavallari live stream that I didn't like. Ain't that the truth for you? It really is. I don't know. I think it just brings me back to her Cabo days, her Laguna Beach days. She really brings back the Kristen Cavallari that I grew up with. And 
I guess the nostalgia in me appreciates that. So as you guys know, she's been apparently dating Jeff Dye for a little while now. They were first linked together in October after they were seen kissing at a bar in Chicago. But she's kind of inactive on Instagram, at least in the comments section, and we haven't seen too much of them. Some paparazzi photos, but nothing too overwhelming. So on Friday night, they went live together and they were both kind of tipsy. He was definitely a little bit more drunk. And it was just, I think what she said, she was like, kind of said something like, this is just a FaceTime. That's really what it felt like. She was with her friends. He was alone. His friends were off to the side, but it did kind of feel like they were FaceTiming. They were calling each other, babe. They said, I love you on live. I know none of this is groundbreaking, but if you caught it, if you watched it, you know what I mean? It felt kind of like you were getting a look behind the curtain because he was definitely a little bit drunk. It wasn't really performative at all. And it was just fun to watch. Your thing with Kristen Cavallari really makes me laugh. I don't know what it is. I'm just so intrigued by her. The thing with it is like I I get it, I guess, to an extent. Like I like Kristen Cavallari. I loved when we had her on. I'm really interested about like her love life and everything. Like truthfully, if you didn't tell me to, I never would have put this story in the outline. No, you never would have. I know. And I know it's not breaking news, but the people that watched it will get what I mean. I, I just think there's something about her where – she somehow has been able to retain the relevancy that she had from the Laguna Beach days, the Hills days. And she's kind of rebranded herself. Not so much. She's still that same woman, but she's changed herself into this entrepreneur. She had, you know, the show on E and people are just really interested in what she does, which isn't the same for all of them. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So I don't know. She knows what she's doing from, uh, a media perspective. She knows how to be talked about. And I just loved watching this. It was so stupid, but I just loved it. And I just wanted to mention it as a little bit of a shout out to anybody else that happened to catch it. And if not, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or something. I'm happy you got to speak about it. Also, he's hot, Julie. Oh yeah. I mean, he's funny too, you know, comedian. He's a stand-up comedian. I wasn't familiar with him really or his work that much, but when I was watching that, I was like, you are a very handsome guy. You guys make a really nice looking couple. I'm very, very, very happy for her. Like, even if my interest level isn't 100% there, and I respect the fact that yours is, I'm incredibly happy for her. I also think that Isabel and I forgot to say this on the Bravo show, but when Madison from Southern Charm was on Watch What Happens, Andy asked her about the deal with Jay Cutler, and she basically made a comment like, well, I'm not going to kiss and tell. I'm not saying it happened. As you guys know, she loves to just create speculation for no reason, but that would be kind of interesting if that is the case. Yeah, definitely. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place.
So before I even get into what I'm about to say, I just want to give a trigger warning for sexual abuse and rape. Basically, we had been getting a lot of DMs of people asking us to talk about what's going on with this Army Hammer situation. And to be honest with you, we didn't really fully understand what was going on. There was a lot of different information circulating. And over the past few hours, it's really escalated. And it's to the point where what is being alleged by these victims is so dark and There's so much of it, and we haven't even had the chance to fully process it all. So I think the most responsible thing for us to do is direct you to the woman who is one of the victims who's kind of consolidating the information. Her handle on Instagram is at House of Effie. I know she changed her Twitter handle, so I don't know if this will be her Instagram handle by the time you're listening to this. I I assume it will be, but it's at House of Effie, E-F-F-I-E. What I want to say on this because to be totally honest with you, this is so, so, so dark that I can't, I really don't feel comfortable talking about it. I actually really can't even process it myself. Um, and I would imagine it's very triggering for a lot of people listening and or reading it. Please be very clear by looking at this. It could be very triggering, especially with sexual abuse and rape. But just the overwhelming sentiment that I want to communicate is, I know there are a lot of jokes about this, and this is kind of being taken very lightly on the internet, on Twitter, what you see a lot of. This, what is being alleged, is by no means a joke, like 0% a joke. And I just want to make that clear. I also want to make it very clear. As always, we believe women, believe victims. And I think the most responsible thing for us to do is just direct you to the source. It is at House of Effie. That is her handle. And that is where the um, information is coming from. So There's nothing really we can add that she's not saying, and I don't really even have it in me, to be honest with you, to talk about this because it really disturbed me just from looking at it. So there are obviously so many different reasons that a person would want to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip, or maybe you just want to pick up a new skill or hobby, or maybe you're like me, and at one point you were almost fluent in Spanish, and then you kind of lost it and are trying to get it back. Whatever the reason, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really immerses you in the language that you want to learn, which again, for me was Spanish. And I was kind of relearning, I guess I could say, because I really do feel that when I was abroad there, I had it so much better. And my dad would always tell me, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I kind of lost it. So first of all, number one about Rosetta Stone, they have been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Second of all, it's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. It's no English translation. So you're really learning to speak, listen, and think in that language, which for me, that's when I always could feel it clicking when I noticed myself really thinking in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you're picking up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it really is designed for long-term retention. Also speech recognition. So they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. There are desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's a 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettasone.com slash comments today. 
So for the awards, there's not really a funniest comment or best clapback. I mean, clearly the state of the world was not one that was that conducive to celebrities being fully on their social media game, I would say. Right. Um, but one that we just wanted to highlight, I think we put it a second of the roundup, but Amy Sedaris had posted a photo of David Bowie on his birthday and Johnny Knoxville comments, didn't have my glasses on and thought it was Diane Keaton at first. Diane Keaton responds to Johnny Knoxville with the laughing emojis, which I always find those funny because he didn't tag her. She wasn't tagged in the photo. So clearly someone had either needed to either send that to her for her to see, or she was following Amy Sedaris, saw Johnny Knoxville's comment and took the liberty to reply. Right. I love that. There's something about that that I just love. No matter how it happened, I just love that it did. Me too. And I understood what he said. If you take a quick look, it does have Diane Keaton vibes. Oh, absolutely. Okay, Kardashians? Yes, not a ton to talk about this week, though. No, it's really not. But just, you know, as you guys saw, they celebrated their last day of filming. It was really beautiful. They were in Kim's backyard. They had drinks with the crew. They had everybody's face on a cookie. There was no Kanye, but divorce or not, he's never really been a part of the show that much. So that wasn't as surprising to me. But Kim said, I'm going to read her exact quote. We just finished filming forever, like ever, ever. We're done. We're never filming again. Isn't that so crazy? So we're having a drink with the crew in my backyard, hanging out. Cheers to, I don't know, 15 years, 20 seasons of craziness and lots of love. So of course, when she said that, people are speculating that, you know, does that mean that their deal with Hulu is not content of them actually being on camera? I don't know. I'm definitely not prepared to say that yet by any means, but by saying that she's still not lying because it's true. She will never be filming with that crew. She'll never be filming, keeping up with the Kardashians, that exact show. So I don't think the two go hand in hand necessarily, or at least I'm not prepared to say that. Yeah, same. I mean, the way she said it, I can understand why everyone was like, because she really emphasized that point. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure either. I just, it would, it would be, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We will absolutely see. I just don't think that their deal with Hulu is 100% for behind-the-scenes stuff. I think there will be a lot of it. I could totally see them being executive producers on other shows that aren't directly their content, but I I would be a little bit surprised if uh, if they didn't have any of their own, even if it's not a full keeping up, but just like spinoffs or maybe a special about, I don't know, Kim at, with legal stuff or whatever the thing is. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think that there could be an element of a lot of different things. I think that there could be something that Kim does where she's a producer on a show about criminal justice reform. You know, the talks of the Addison reality show and the D'Amelio's reality show could always be under a keeping up with the Kardashians umbrella and try and blow it up that way. Just as one idea, I obviously have no idea whether or not that's the case or not. Um, And then I could see all of the other siblings and you know, Scott having a spinoff show, Chloe doing something, you know, similar to uh, Revenge Body again. So I don't know, but I would be very, very shocked also if it was exclusively behind the scenes content, because I don't think that's what people want. And I think Hulu has to know that. I also don't think that that's what Kim wants. Maybe some of them, like, I don't think Kylie necessarily loves being on the show. Maybe Kendall doesn't, but I think Kim enjoys it. I think she recognizes that that was how they got such a strong audience. And I don't think she's necessarily prepared to completely abandon that element. That's just my personal belief. I could be wrong, but I don't believe so. Yeah, I agree with you. And Chloe too. I think Chloe likes it. I think Scott likes it. I think they like filming. Yeah, I do too. I I 100%. I mean, I think Scott definitely does. I think Chloe does too. Um, but yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what actually happens because we have very, very few details about the Hulu deal. I mean, usually when something like this comes out with them, 
there is a price attached. We know how much they're being paid for it. We know exactly what the plan is. And none of that has come out yet. No, we're, we're really kind of operating in the dark, which is a little fun because it gives us speculation and then it'll be something to report on once we do find out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but we will see. I think Kim said that purposely. I don't think, I think she knew right. it would maybe throw people off. Also, in terms of Kim deleting all of her other Instagram posts quickly uh, before we move on, she just Instagrammed a Skims post. Yeah, and in it, you can't tell if she's wearing a wedding ring on either hand because right. you can only see one of her hands and on that hand, she's not. Right. This is so, so, so random and like insignificant, but people were uh, messaging us about it. Did you see how Kylie basically unfollowed everyone except for like the family and Stoss and Corey, and like maybe a few other people on a couple of Kylie Jenner fan accounts? Like she unfollowed Rosalie. I think she unfollowed Fi, and everybody was really curious. I don't think that that was at all a real life purge. I think they sometimes do that where they reset their following. And I really, really, truly think that means nothing. Yeah, if you look at it now, she's still following like a like she still follows Stash, she still follows Five, she still follows Harry, Justin, and Haley. But yeah, the there's a couple that are missing. They do. They sometimes do that. It's kind of like a purge. It's you can't look into it as much with these people. It's so not how your average person operates. Like imagine if <laughs> either of us on our personal accounts just like un- unfollowed everyone except for thirteen people. That would never happen. Right, and that's the other thing that people always forget about when they read into follows where people are like, oh, this person's not following this person. Like, this is their official account, their verified account that they're putting out to the public. A lot of times people follow their personal Finsta account where the bulk of what that person is actually doing is there. So it's not as big of a deal when the main account loses the follower. They stop following from that. Exactly. It is important to notice. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention? No, I think that's it. I think that's it too. Okay, well, we love you guys. We will now cut to our conversation with James Lafferty, Stephen Coletti, and Alexandra Park. And um, Julie and I will see you on Wednesday. Isabel and I will see you on Friday for our Bravo show. And we just love you. Thank you for everything. Thanks for listening. I got so excited. Like, I woke up this morning so excited to record because I really do feel, I, I think I said this on Bravo, I really do feel like it's a kind of a family now. Yeah, oh my God, me too. Don't you feel that way? A million percent. Yeah, it's a very comforting feeling. Even though we can't see you guys, we feel like we know you. And so thank you for everything. Um, Okay, we'll cut to it and we love you. We are here with James Lafferty, Stephen Coletti, and Alexandra Park of their new show, Everyone is Doing Great, premiering this Wednesday, January 13th on Hulu. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I know this idea has kind of been circulating since I believe 2017. So first of all, congratulations on Hulu. That is a huge deal. I can imagine how exciting that must be. Yeah, we're so excited to, uh, to you know, we're sharing this with, with a lot of people, everyone from, you know, cast and crew, uh, family and friends that helped us, you know, get the show off the ground. But also, and most importantly, you know, the EDG heroes that helped back this campaign to get financing and, and be able to shoot the episodes. You know, there's a time there we had to spend a lot of time editing um, and then eventually getting it out there. And um, they were very patient. We weren't getting too much stuff, but you could tell it was like, hey, when's that show coming out? You know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I contributed to this campaign uh, like about a decade ago. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, we're just, you know, we're, we're just super thrilled. It feels like it's a win for everybody. So tell us a little bit about the show. I know, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be like a little less than 48 hours. So tell everyone who's listening what they can expect, a little bit of background. Yeah. Um, so the show is about uh, 
basically it's about uh, three actors that were on um, a show called Eternal uh, that ended five years ago. It was a sort of vampire diaries type show. Um, they were fortunate enough to get on the show very young and, um, and they formed, you know, friendships. Uh, my character, Jeremy ended up marrying, um, Alex's character, Andrea, uh, while they were on the show. And, um, then, you know, we, we sort of drop into our story five years after that show's ended and Jeremy and Seth, um, who Steven plays there, they found themselves sort of languishing in their careers, uh, for very different reasons, but, um, basically, uh, the success they thought was going to come after Eternal has not come. Um, for Andrea, it has come. Um, she's on a show called Feds. That's um, you know a procedural cop drama. That's just you know it's like uh, it's it's the cat's meow. Everybody loves it. Um, and so they're all experiencing life post sort of um, this teen drama uh, in very very different ways. And they're still very close. And um, but their relationships are starting to fracture because of ways that they're dealing with their lives. Their very different lives post Eternal. Um, are, you know, causing a lot of friction between, you know, friends in, the, in their whole sort of relationship dynamic. And uh, so, yeah, so basically it's a comedy that explores, um, you know, trying to figure out what the next step of your life is when you're in your early 30s and life didn't quite turn out to be how you thought it was going to be. Um, you know, who do you lean on? Um, and do you lean on your friends who might not necessarily be ready for you to lean on them? Uh, probably. <laughs> and what, what you know, sort of what comedy comes from that, what awkwardness com- comes from that, that we can explore. So I think people should expect to see, you know, a really stripped down kind of raw indie feel of a show. Um, if they've seen us on the Royals or they've seen us on One Tree Hill, like it's, it's, it's not that um, beautifully produced, right? Um, it's, it's much, it's much rougher around the edges. It's much, it's meant to feel much more like we are sort of peeking in on these characters' lives from around the corner or between the curtains or something. Um, it's all about those moments when, you know, people are trying to figure it out and, and really failing. Right. How Did you, you know, just playing the roles, do you think that you preferred maybe that a little bit more kind of authentic feel? Like how, how is that different for you just as the actors? I think uh, for me, definitely, I... I I prefer it. I'd say I think you know the, a smaller cast and a smaller crew provides a much more intimate feel, a safer kind of inviting vibe on set. Where um, so James and Stephen, they they championed um, flexibility and improvisation a little bit, and just kind of mixing it up and 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 leaving it up to the actor to to experiment. And, and that was very, it's very liberating as an actor to arrive and, and, and feel like, you know, we have that freedom. I think they, they, they were, um, you guys were looking for the moments in between what was on the page and almost the beauty and the mistakes that were made and things like that, which is not really the normal way in, on big studio TV shows. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, for me as an actor, it made me feel you know, encouraged to try new things. And I think that's, that's part of the appeal of a, of an indie run production. Oh, absolutely. One of you had said this previously where, you know, in the show, the characters, there was kind of a little bit of a difference between what the public thought of them and then who they really were. And I was curious if any of you could kind of draw parallels between that feeling in your own life, you know, because of course the public is, celebrities have a certain image of you. And I'm curious if that was, you know, maybe based on a little bit of your real life experiences. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, the, the big theme of the show is, is perception versus reality. And, um, you know, why these, you know, the characters kind of come from this place where they're in this entertainment industry and, and to, um, an outsider might, you know, feel like the glitz and glamor is great. And there's always just endless perks and, and life is hunky dory. But, um, I mean, speaking for myself, that's not the way my life is. Um, and so, you know, I, I found it, um, you know, yeah, always, always kind of funny noticing that. Um, and, and I think that that is, is something that was really important to the, to the show and to the heart of it is, is, you know, that's, you know, the kind of the backdrop with what these actors do and where they're at, but you know, the heart of it is, is in all these little moments, um, where, where it's raw and it's more real, um, as far as what life is like for everybody, um, no matter what you're doing and, and where you're at and, and, and the perception of what success you might have in the world. Um, everyone's going to struggle at one time or another. And, um, you know, what happens in those moments, especially when it's just, you know, when it can rain, when it rains, it pours, you know, and it's like all things are happening. And like James was, or Alex said earlier about his characters, um, uh, having to lean on their friends when, you know, they're not doing well. And then what, what's going on in their friends' lives, if they even have the capacity to have a friend lean on them in that moment and what that creates. But, um, I've been on both sides of that. And so, um, yeah, I could, I can relate big time. I don't know if, if there's truth to this at all, but as you were talking, I would I would kind of imagine this to maybe be a little bit of like a cathartic experience, both from a writing perspective, but also participating in it. Did you find that at all? Just, you know, because in a certain way it did m- mimic some of maybe what you've gone through in your own lives? Yeah, I think it was, it was cathartic in that we were able to, you know, take all these times that we've really been able to laugh at ourselves and the things that we're, you know, experiencing in this absurd industry. And um, put them down on a page and, and sort of build a story around them. Um, yeah. You know, we've always felt like there's a lot of comedy that you go through. I mean, in life, period. But um, particularly in the life of um, a, an actor who's, you know, for, for whom things aren't going the way that they, they want them to. Um, yeah. And, you know, cause we just thought that it was, it was great. It was a great setup for comedy because nobody feels sorry for an actor. I mean, and at least if they do, they shouldn't because actors chose this life, right? Yeah. Um, this is, this is a, this was a choice. This was a choice. This is a journey that, that, that you chose to go on and for better, for worse. And so when the hard times come or the humiliation comes, um, you should just be able to laugh at it. Cause that's the only way to get through. Um, mm-hmm. we thought it was a great setup for comedy because, you know, you don't have to feel bad for these people. You can squirm for them. You can feel awkward and embarrassed for them. But at the end of the day, you kind of have to just laugh because they asked for it. Yeah, I was thinking it was therapeutic in the way that, you know, collaboratively, like between James and Stephen, myself, Kariba, all of our producing team, like we all kind of, you know, laid on the table all of our, you know, things that have been difficult and awkward moments and uncomfortable situations that have happened and shared them and laughed at them together and made something um, that other people could laugh at and relate to. And so I guess in that way it was really relatable to just kind of, you know, band together and say, wow, this is nuts and life is nuts, but let's uh, let's have a laugh about it. Right. Right. I mean, I'm curious, just kind of something you bring up of the dynamics of which you, Alex, spoke about a little earlier, you know, you guys are engaged, which first of all, congratulations. That is so exciting. Thank you. Um, and of course, you know, Stephen and James, you've had such a history. So I'm curious from both of your perspectives, Alex, first off, how is that to work with your boyfriend, now fiance? You know, it's, it's such an intimate setting. It's, it's different. And I guess in the role, you are each other's romantic interest. So how was that? Um, 
it was it was funny. It was it was strange. I mean, James um, di- directed on the Royals, which I was on um, before as well. So and we were together then. So that was that was pretty funny. Um, it, it's it's just it's it's um how how is it? I don't know. <laughs> it was it was. I mean, most like we just kind of get in and we're doing our our work, you know. So it's there's no. There's nothing sort of out of the ordinary there. But I think for me watching James and Stephen, who I'm so lucky to have called two of my best friends before we worked together on this, watching them, you know, move into these um, positions where they were just in seven places at once juggling their multiple hats from writing to directing to producing to editing to coordinating festival tours and crowdfunding campaigns while um, maintaining an atmosphere and, a, and an energy on set that made everybody feel really you know essential to the process and and um, inclined to work hard and like just but while feeling at ease I was really impressed by the way they they just sort of seamlessly transitioned into those those positions um and it was it was great to to learn from them and and watch just how much was involved yeah I think another cool thing about working with people that you know so intimately is that there's a shorthand involved that can be so short it's actually nonverbal. Like, you know, it just yeah. it makes things run so incredibly smoothly when Steven and I can be sitting there at the table doing a scene, you know, and we we finish a take and both of us know that we didn't get what we wanted out of it. We know that it wasn't funny enough or we know that we missed a bunch of moments or we know that, well, you know, whatever was on the page just isn't working. We got to figure it out. But instead of having to like tiptoe around that stuff delicately to sort of like get the uh, one or the other to realize that we need to work on it. It's just a look. It's just literally a look of terror uh, (laughs) for a moment. And then we just immediately go in another room and figure it out. You know, we know that well. I was going to say, we definitely know that well. So our company is just our three best friends that we've kind of built into this media company and something we always speak about, which I think is what you're talking about is like the liberation that comes from not having to walk on eggshells. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like one of the most underappreciated feelings, you know? Yeah. 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 I I never really got into like, it's like, Oh, you know, you never want to work with your friends or, and it's like, you know, or be in business with, with your best friends. I'm like, I mean, what kind of what friends do you have? I was like, I it's like it's almost like saying, "Don't do something you love." You know, it's like, wait, what? Where's my logic here? It's I like, only want to do that. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be just like you don't have to tiptoe around. Like we'd be on set, and James or Stephen would come up to me with a note, and I already know what the note is. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. <laughs> like, yeah, just moving, wasting time. He's like, all right, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, just piss off. Let's go. <laughs> I love that. I know um, James and Stephen, you both have spoken about that you knew kind of after One Tree Hill, you wanted to work together again, but you were waiting till it really felt right, which I, I totally think that patience is such an important quality. But what made this one feel right? Like, what was it that you were like, this is the one we're doing it? I'll, I'll let James uh, speak to that. But I had a funny story of, of us talking about working together. I mean, you know, when we first met working uh, on One Tree Hill, it was, uh, you know, very young in our early 20s. And I think like I can remember one of the first things that we talked about doing. And this is a lot of it is just in passing and jokes. But um, it was like doing some sort of a parody of like a YouTube video. And I remember there was like a Charlie bit me that that video that was very po- widely popular. That I think James and I sitting around having a couple beers talked about it being funny if like two drunks in a ditch did that. 
And so thankfully we didn't, we didn't do this. <laughs> we just talked right, about man. it as 22 year old kids. And uh, eventually 10 years later, we matured just a little bit and just enough to maybe structure in more of a story. But um, I'll let James speak more to just how it, you know, how it came as a jumping off point for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think he's touched on it there, Stephen, which is like having to grow up a little bit. I think, you know, we, like Stephen said, we really knew, that we wanted to work together on something. We really knew that we wanted to build something from the ground up at some point, but we didn't know what it was. So we were batting around all these ideas that were, I mean, that were silly. Right. And, and I think it took living a certain amount of life. You know, I think it took those, those few years after coming out of one tree Hill and both of us, you know, auditioning again a lot and then sort of looking at each other and going, Holy shit, this is, this is worse than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> This is not good. Uh, and so, you know, but uh, you know, after going through that for, for so long and then laughing at ourselves and just collecting all these incredible stories, we just thought, I don't know, it was just kind of a light bulb moment. It was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. It's almost like we've turned 30 and now we have to grow the hell up. It's like <laughs> this late coming of age that we're going through. And um, I imagine a lot of other people are going through the same thing, um, you know, so maybe it's yeah. time to make people laugh with it, with this experience. Yeah. Right. I don't think we really knew how much we actually needed it as far as when it came down to, to sitting down all of us and, and, and starting throwing ideas around and writing. It was just kind of flying out of us. So what you're saying earlier, being cathartic, it was almost like there was therapy, being able to get this stuff down. And, and it came pretty easily, uh, which is you know, something that was part of that light bulb moment of like, okay, this is good. Let's continue down this road. Um, so, um, yeah, it definitely took some time and like more life experience to get us there. Yeah. I'm also curious, obviously now, you know, this is coming out on Hulu. It's a totally different platform in the way that people are going to be viewing it. But I know in the beginning you did a lot of viewings at, at festivals or that type of thing. What was it like to kind of be in the room when you're watching other people watch what you put your heart and soul into, how did that feel? Cause I would imagine it's a little bit different than some of the other things, you know, that you have been on in the past in terms of that feeling. <laughs> it is terrifying <laughs> every single time. Yeah. Um, but I, I did get a lot better because I remember the first screening, we first public screening we ever had was at Kansas city film festival. And we sold out like two screenings, I think. Um, and it was great. It was wonderful to hear that. But at the same time, we had this moment where we were like, oh, my God, that's a lot of people to not like it. It, it sucks. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was like it, and I just remember being I remember being absolutely terrified before that first screening because we just had absolutely no idea how it was going to be received. We knew that a lot of people um, in that crowd were going to be One Tree Hill fans, if not pretty much all of them. And we didn't know how, um, you know, the audience that, you know, loved those characters that we played so much would respond to these new characters that were far more raw and making far worse decisions. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we didn't know how they would respond to that. And, um, you know, I, thankfully that, that screening went well. And then with each successive screening, um, you know, seeing the fan reaction, hearing the fan reaction, um, having people come up to us after the screenings and tell us that we're on the right track is, was, was, it got a lot easier, but you know, those butterflies, they, they definitely never go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm suddenly schwitzing after your question. <laughs> uh, I guess it did yeah. put me back into that moment. And it was, it was, uh, like James said, it was a terrifying one um, for sure. Right. You know, now I, 
the the way that you're going about press, obviously in the time of COVID is, is has to be so different. How has, how has that been? I always like asking people that because I think it's so different depending on your personality. Some people actually feel that it bodes better with how they like to do things. And some people wish they were really much more out there. How has it been? Because it's kind of unique doing press for a launch like this pretty much all virtually. So far, so good. I'm enjoying it. I think it's I love being here uh, uh, talking to you guys. I think it's maybe takes the pressure off a little bit um, in a way. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's strange for sure, trusting that the light through the window is going to make you look okay on Zoom. And, and, but um, the window light. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, I, I think it's all right. Yeah, right? I think we missed uh, being able to do it all, you know, together where we could, yeah, um, yeah just be in front of everybody. But I, you know, um, considering the circumstances, it's, you know, you can't complain when you're, you're basically working from your couch. I'm sitting here with like my, my foot up on the coffee table, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, that, I'm willing to bet Stephen hasn't had pants on all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still wearing, I mean, I'm wearing Christmas socks. That's what's happening. <laughs> Is it, we always say, isn't it kind of nice that like we're not doing this on Zoom? Like it's really kind of intimate. You can just hear each other. And there's something that we found when interviewing people that I don't know. They're maybe a little bit more natural when they're not worried about how they look in in the screen. If that's one hundred percent, yeah. We we just got off doing a bunch of video interviews, and they're they're fine. But there's a there's been a shift in feel in talking to you guys definitely. Yeah, <laughs> very happy. <laughs> so just while we have you here, I think we would be remiss or actually more so our audience would have, I need to have some words with us if we didn't get nostalgic just for one second. And Julie, like just, let, just expose yourself. Diehard One Tree Hill fan. Yes. So yes. Diehard One Tree Hill fan. When I, I'll explain the backstory, which is that when I was younger and I was in high school, I had back surgery. So I was homebound for two months. I couldn't like leave my house. And it was right around the time that Netflix had put One Tree Hill on. So I like, formed this attachment to it because it was all I could do. Um, and then since then, I've rewatched it so many times because of the streaming services, um, which I realize now that also unearths a whole other generation of people who kind of discovered the show and and got re-addicted to it from having not seen it when they were would have been too young to watch it. So have you noticed that there's like a huge, you know, new generation of fans yeah and it's bizarre frankly i mean it's wonderful <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful but i like it shocks me that the show because i mean those early seasons of the show i mean they're they're, they're wonderful but they don't they, they haven't aged well i don't think you know <laughs> what i mean like they don't look great anymore there's like <laughs> being busted out with like tiny little pixelated videos of people that like you can't even like the technology is like primitive and you're just like how I mean, this must be like for a kid now that has a, like an iPhone with like TikTok and, you know, and, and Alexa in their home, like this world must just look like the 1950s or something. Um, <laughs> but yet somehow, somehow it holds up and, and new people are watching it all the time. And, you know, we're incredibly grateful for it because frankly, you know, if it wasn't for that, um, you know, we wouldn't have our show right now. We wouldn't have gone right. through a successful Indiegogo campaign and gotten that kind of support from generations of people. It's just like, it's, yeah, we're, it's, yeah, it's we, we had some people that, you know, show up to some of the screenings at the festivals that, you know, the, the mother was a fan of the show and she's got a child that might be now about, you know, 10, 12 years old, um, who is a big fan of the show now as well. And, um, first of all, it's like James says, wonderful. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's, it's, you know, it's kind of 
so far it's it's being passed down a little bit, staying the test of time with the with the streamers and people are coming back to it, which is really a beautiful thing. But then we're like looking at this, you know, 10, 10 year old kid who's about to go see the screening of EDG. And we're gonna pull the mom aside and go, hey, uh, just so you know, this isn't this isn't real that you're gonna be seeing in there. There's a, there's a little bit. This is definitely uh, mature audiences. So before you uh, subject your your kid to, uh, you know. A um, little more than just shirtless Nathan Scott uh, on the big screen. <laughs> we want to warn you. <laughs> that is so funny. Do you think? I mean, do you think there would ever be a, a revival? I have no. Idea. I don't even know how that would happen. There's like so many things standing in the way of that of that happening. Um, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I just I don't know. You know, it's it's it's. I, I see it happening. It's really interesting and sort of bizarre to watch. You know how like the fact that this reboot thing has become like a whole other like 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 sub economy of the inter- entertainment industry. <laughs> There's like a whole culture surrounding it. And the longer the more the more it happens, the more I'm kind of like, man, like this is. I mean, it seems like it would make sense, but at the same time, it doesn't make sense at all. Like mm-hmm. it went for so long. And it ended on such a great note. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for like not, not beating a dead horse. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you just look around you and you're like, well, it's just something that you do now. <laughs> I don't know how to reconcile it's those taken two things. taken very seriously now. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not really a joke. It's like, if, it's you don't, like, if you don't do it, you're like, it's criminal. I think that because of obviously this new generation of people who have discovered the show and fallen in love with it, you know, they... You know, we've had so much time since it ended to like sit with that and be like, okay, the show's over. Like it was such a great, iconic part of the 2000s. But for people who just discovered it, it's like, okay, we need more. I, I only just finished the show. And it kind of, it, it left on a note where it was like the perfect wrap up, but also on a note where it leaves it open if it wanted to come back for another reboot. Right, right. You could tee well, up a whole new generation of characters, definitely. Right. But then yeah. it's like, well, do you do that? Or, you know, are people going to want to see the, the characters they fell in love with originally? You know? Right, right. That's, that, I mean, I always find that so interesting. Even just yesterday with Sex and the City announcement. Um, right. What? I didn't know about that. That's huge. Yes. Yeah. Are and, you effing kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yes. HBO Max, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker posted it. It's a new chapter, which is very exciting. Wow. Yeah. Julie, ask, you got to ask your Lucas question. I know you've been wanting to. <laughs> I have been wanting to for a very long time. Thank you for uh, queuing that up, Em. Um, it, I think the age-old One Tree Hill question is, should Lucas have ended up with Peyton or should he have actually ended up with Brooke? So I'm so curious about your feelings on that because I think that's something that people always talk about still to this day. Um, you know, in, in my experience um, as a One Tree Hill cast member, I've learned to plead the fifth on that question. Um, <laughs> otherwise, there are there are very real world consequences to taking a side. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and say the way that it ended with I think the way that that wrapped up was was I think a really nice moment for the show. Yeah. Okay. There. <laughs> um, yeah. No, and and Stephen, I just just to close. I growing up, I mean, Laguna Beach was my favorite, my ultimate. And actually, last year, I forget at some point last year, early, uh, I think early 2020, we interviewed Kristen, and it was that moment. I said to her, I was like, you know, this is crazy. This was my childhood. Um, 
And for you, I'm just curious, I know you did that reunion relatively recently. Are you in touch with, with most of the cast? Yeah, you know, it was, it's split. Um, I, I see, um, you know, a few of the cast members, like a, a, a lot, you know, um, uh, you know, Dieter and, and Trey, the guys there, uh, I, I see all the time. So really close friends with them. Um, and then Laguna is a small town. So you see, you see people and, um, you know, Lauren, Kristen, um, uh, Christina, we, we, you know, we see each other around the holidays where we used to, not these last holidays, of course. Um, but we bump into each other. We always like to check in on each other as well. So, um, thankfully, you know, um, we, we kind of have this bond after, you know, experiencing what we did, uh, in that, that first season of Laguna. And, and I think that that kind of ties us together in a, in a way. And, and so we, um, are always, oh, drop my headphones there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, we are, you know, always, uh, kind of just checking in, always like to see how the other people are doing and, and, um, you know, rooting each other on from afar, uh, if not close as well. Have you met Jeff Ty, her, her boyfriend? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, they, yeah. they're dating. They, they confirmed it. I'm just curious if you had met him. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No. I, I want you to know that, uh, Oftentimes what happens in our inboxes when anything remotely in the celebrity world happens is people are just sending them to us. And I would put in the top 10 of things that were sent to us the most when I guess it was earlier last year, the photo of you and Kristen together. I mean, you would have thought someone died based on what was going on in our, in our DMs. <laughs> yeah, my, my, phone, uh, my phone was off for that day. Yeah, I, told, I, told I was like, you owe me dinner. I turned my phone off for 24 hours. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, out of respect for her relationship, I'm not going to ask you the, any rekindling possibility, although it's in the back of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Um, this is really exciting. I'm just, I'm so happy for all of you and thank you for taking the time. This is really, really cool. So excited for everybody to watch. I can imagine the response is going to be great. Uh, everyone doing great this Wednesday on Hulu, January 13th. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.